You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning. I'm glad y'all showed up because <laughs> I'd be the only one here. I mean, that wouldn't be good, I don't think. I'm glad y'all are here. We got, we've been talking something called uh, Get Over It. I do this with my daughter. She's 16. She'll come in the house and she'll start saying things that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of racing, okay? Just throwing it out. Not like a good dad. And I'll, she'll say, she'll tell me all this stuff. And I said, well, just get over it. You'll be all right. That's not really what she wants to hear. Uh, I think she wants me to, uh, that's my way of fixing it. But in real, li- in, in real life, if you think about it, uh, you might could just get over some stuff and it would be okay. But there's some things that are just kind of stuck in there that we can't get rid of. And we just have to deal with it and figure out how to deal with it. Now, what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about getting over your path, but we're going to talk about what happened, you know, not what somebody did to you, but what you did that you regret. All those things, how do we do that? And the Apostle Paul was the greatest of all, try, uh, learning how to get over all the stuff. Now, he had the stuff. You think you have stuff? The Apostle Paul had the stuff going on. So we're going to talk about that. Let's do this. Let's get your app. If you've got your app, be watching online, go ahead and get that out. I do have everything on there. And uh, so you could just read through it real quick. You could be done. Or you could listen to me if you want to. So just try to hang in there. So follow us around on the app. We got all that on there. Scripture. Last week was this. We uh, were trying to figure out how to get rid of the comparison thing because I said, if you guys like, are you envious? Are you jealous? And if I asked you straight up, you'd say no. But then this thing called comparison kind of sneaks in on you and you secretly want somebody else's life. You really do. You secretly want another, I want that car, I want that house. And what happens is this, envy makes you an expert on what God has done in other people's lives. I mean, you really didn't probably know more about what's going on. Facebook has really helped that about what's going on in other people's lives, uh, but blinds you to what God has done in your own. And that is the problem. You can't, you can't see how good you've got it because you're looking out your window. Because you say, well, God, why can't I have that? Why can't I do that? And what you really need to understand is God has your life marked out for you. He's got something for you, and you miss all the good stuff, all the things that you do have because you're so busy looking out the window. But it's a little sneaky, though. It's not really, you can't call it out. It just sneaks up on you, and it happens to us all the time. We talked about this with Facebook. A lot of times, we're looking at somebody else's highlight reel, and we're comparing that to the raw footage of our life. Because you have to look at Facebook like, this is like set up, presented. This family looks happy, and they may be. I'm not saying they're not. But you don't know all the screaming that took place to get everybody to smile. And that, you see, so we have this false sense of everybody's got it going on but me. It's very sneaky. And then we throw this thing in called the past. We got stuff in there. We have something. Now, let's talk about this just for you, not somebody else. Uh, we're just going to talk about what you should have done and you didn't do. We're going to talk about a lot of should today what we should have done and what we didn't do. And so we have to look back at that thing. Why did it happen? What was going on? I, I love this part. What was I thinking? Is it possible that I wasn't thinking correctly? Oh, yeah, it's very possible. Very, very possible you were not thinking correctly in a lot of things. So we want this. 
the the do-over and the mulligan. Uh, The mulligan's a golf term, which I never use mulligans on the golf course. Is there a problem here? People are laughing. Yeah, only my friends will give me mulligans, right? Scott, all y'all give me mulligans over there. But it's like a do-over. And in golf, you need a lot of do-overs. You really, I've seen a lot of people on a golf course, and some of them should not even be out there, really. They should stay on putt-putt kind of thing because they can hurt people. They really can. So I've been watching this. So uh, let's think about this. Go back real quick. Uh, Where would you like to do over? Is it in your mind right now? Is it a trigger like bang? Some of you are real young. You hadn't messed up yet, but you will. Uh, Did I say that out loud? I keep saying things out loud that I'm thinking. It's not working out. Okay. But, you know, think, go back. All right. What happened? How did I do that? Why did I do that? I want to do over, you know? So we're going to get past this thing, this regret, this uh, mistake. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know what you think it is, but when, you, but when I said something about it, it came to mind, which tells me you're probably not over it. And this is how we got to figure out how do we get over this? And, and let, me, let me help you with this. Not get over it, but how do we use it? You see, I think that's a better way to do this because Paul, the apostle Paul, he had so much stuff, so much baggage. He called it garbage in his life. And, and here's what he said. I thought I was doing the right thing. And so that might be where you are with this thing you got going on, this regret, this, thing, this whatever it is, this mistake. I thought I was doing the right thing. And maybe, and now you look, oh, why, what was I thinking? Probably not thinking and we have that problem. We're born this way. So here's what I looked at. Um, so let's go back to that thing real quick, that regret, uh, that mistake, that word you said, that yelling at somebody, uh, what you thought to be true was not true, and you did all of this. And now you have to decide, what am I gonna do with it? And we're gonna talk about that. So I can either quit, now realize Realize this, that it's going to change your life one way or the other, this thing that you're dealing with, because it's already shaping it, because you're still dealing with it. Now, some of you will say this, I'm just going to quit, and here's what you'll say, I will never do that again. Does that sound pretty good? I will never do that again. Uh, But you might, if you don't know how to deal with it and what you're doing. So, for you to ever say, I will never do that again, you, you shouldn't say that. Because you live on earth and you're human and you have all these things going on and uh, there's stuff with you all the time that you could, we're, we're really capable of anything. And I'll show you those things in just a minute. So, or we can either get moving with it. And this is what Paul did. Paul decided I can either quit this. I'm in jail writing this book, Philippians, or I can uh, either quit or I can get moving because his stuff was so, uh, it was so unbelievable what he had to deal with. I I mean, he said he was the chief among sinners. You may think you're a really good sinner, you know, uh, but he was pretty good at it. And I'll tell you some things he did in a minute, but he was so much having to get over his past. It was, I don't know how he did it, but he showed us some stuff. And we're just gonna let the Bible speak in just a minute. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, another golf term, which I never use. Uh, Just throwing it out there. It's another joke if you're not a golfer. Uh, We always look back at the score this is, this, is, this is what you can, it's hard to look forward and we're going to do that, but we can always look back at the score and, we, you know, if I only made that putt, if I only made that chip, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's the same way with you in the past. Look back at this thing that's got you. 
Look at this regret just for a moment. If you could go back, what would you do? How would you change it? You see, all we've got now is the present and future. So we're going to be looking back at some of this. And what do we do with this regret? That's what we're going to talk about. Anytime you use the word should and referring to your past, it's always in the context of shame and regret. I should have done this, should have done that. Listen, we got a bunch of should in our life, okay? And we got to get rid of it some way, somehow. So all of you got a bunch of should and we're done with it today. We're going to figure it out. How does this work? How do we move? Where do we go? All of that's going to happen. But you have to be willing to say, okay, this is it. This is what it was. And what am I going to do with it? I'm going to say again. Okay, I'm going to say again. All right, here we go. Just to say I'm never going to do it again, you may do it again. If you don't know how to do to deal with this. This is what Paul was talking about. He's got a perfect idea. You know, he has a really good idea how this works. We have a regret uh, we need to talk about in just a minute. We have a regret, the first regret. Uh, fill in the blank for me. Don't say it out loud, though. I don't want to hear that. Okay. If you're at home watching, go ahead. You can say whatever you want. I should have never married that woman. <laughs> married that man. I should have never got married at 18. I don't know. I'm in love right now. I don't know why. So what is the, I should have never, I should have never what? See, there's, there's that, there's that, ugh, if I could only do it again. You know, wait a minute, we're never going to do this again, right? Is that right? Are we never, we're, is this one thing, let me do this, is this one thing uh, that you're thinking about, you will never do it again, correct? Yes or no? No? You'll do it again? No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying we have the, we don't know what to do with it. That's what I'm saying. We don't know what to do with it. All right, so here we are. I should have never whatever. I should have never bought that car. I should have never bought that house. I should have never what? I should have never kissed that boy on a church retreat. I should have never kissed that marathon. I'm getting, I'm getting y'all right now. Okay. We have a bunch of should in our life. Has everybody got that? And by the way, I practiced. So I'm not cussing, okay? We, I want everybody to get that out of your mind right now. We have a bunch of should in our life, and we have to get it out. We have to figure out, how is this going to work? Because everybody's waking up with, I should have, I should have, I should have, and so let's do. This is what Paul would say. I know we all have a bunch of should in our life, but let's do something about it. Let's make that happen. Let's go to the first regret. Oh, this is going to be fun. The first regret, now none of this was happening. You know, you didn't have regret and guilt and feeling and, uh, bad about things and all that until Adam and Eve shows up. And uh, so here goes the apple, which is the fruit. We talked about this on one youth night. Nobody got this right. And I can tell you that Adam didn't blame Eve for this. Oh, I got you now. Well, who did he blame? Well, I'll show you in just a minute. So here we go. Here we go. So we're going to blame everything on the woman right now. Is that what we do? That's what's happening. The woman has the apple, gives it to the man. The man says, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know what's wrong with me. And uh, I know how it goes. The man doesn't have no sense. So that's kind of what happened. So when the woman saw the fruit, saw that the fruit of the tree was good, first of all, she was told not to do this. Does that make sense? If you want a teenager to mess up, tell them not to do it. 
That's the first thing you do. Don't do this. Oh, okay, now here's what happens to us. We know what to do, but we don't do it. That's our problem. What happened? Well, it happened right here. This is what happened. He saw the fruit of the tree was good and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. I will be really smart. I'll be really smart. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. He was a willing participant. He was a willing participant. They were like, oh, this all be good. Uh, I hope the apple was good. That's what you would ask Eve when you get to heaven, ladies. You would say, was it good? Was it good? I spent five hours in labor with my child. Thank you. Was this good? Was this good for you? So this is kind of what happened. This is the first regret. This is where sin came in. This is where everything was going on. And uh, now what are we going to do? Sometimes, I mean, how do, you, how do you get a redo? How do you get a mulligan? Could they could ask God for a mulligan? God, how about a mulligan? How about a redo? I told you not to. I gave you everything in the world. I'm hanging out with you. I'm walking with you in the garden. And you go eat an apple. There's a million trees. What was you thinking? You, you wasn't thinking? Of course we weren't thinking. We never think. So here, here's, here's what I want to say. Before we judge Adam and Eve, and they cause all this mess, we'll go with that. Uh, we're all in the same boat, by the way. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us uh, are perfect here. And this is what happened with Paul and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ, Romans 3.23. Now, think about this in 24. Um, we, have, we have a problem, and this is, this is why you have regret. This is why you have the mistake that you can't seem to get out of your mind. And something that happened, not something that somebody did to you now, something you did that you wish you could undo or redo or do over or the mulligan. So the human equation says this, that we're all capable of anything. And if you're watching our world right now and you're paying attention to the news, we are capable of anything. This is you in the room, not just on the news, but this right here, what I'm going to tell you is always present with you. It's always around you. It's not too far away from you doing something like this. I mean, you could, you will say anything. You will. Words will come out of your mouth and you will say, well, that's really not me. Well, well, somebody said it. I mean, so say something, you will do things that are not normal for you, but they would be for human. Uh, you would take anything, drink something, take something, drink something, sleep with anything. Is it possible? Is there, there we go back to the mistake and regret. Uh, you would cheat, you would steal, you would lie, and you would kill. And those things are always around you and they're always with you. It's present. It's present. At any moment, something like this could come out. It's something back there in that moment. Now, I don't know what happened with you with that regret or that mistake, but somewhere back there, I said it. I did it. I wasn't thinking. I thought I was right. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this is always with you. It's because we live where we live. Is there a possibility to control it? Well, there is. There's a way to do it. Uh, is it possible to control it all the time? Probably not. I mean, you come and go, right? Like you're with God sometimes, you feel good, and then sometimes you don't feel good, and then you're in, and then you're out, you're at church, you're not at church, you're reading the Bible, you're not reading the Bible, you're praying. Uh, God said to do something, you don't do it. Is that really? I mean, that's, we do this all the time. 
We do this all the time. And we think we're like the only one. No, you're, you're like everybody else. We're all messed up, guys. We're all messed up. But that's where God comes in. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's why we love this thing called Jesus Christ and God, because he takes people like us and he uses them. He does stuff with us nobody else can do. Listen, the apostle Paul would never be used here. He would never be used in a church. Nobody would hang out with him because of all the things he did, all the things he said, he would never be used. But guess what? God used him. Wrote half the New Testament. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just tells me one thing, we're all messed up and God uses messed up people. So I don't, I, I don't know this, uh, I'm going to be perfect one day. Uh, Paul said, I never, I'll read the verse admit He says, I, I haven't got there. I haven't gotten there. So I think you need to relax a little bit. And I'm not saying go out and just do what you want and, and you know, and sin all you want, whatever. It'll, sin will kill you, by the way. Taking, sleeping, drinking, some things that we like to do that we're not supposed to do will kill you. So you need to be watching that. But it's always around you. It's always the disobedience. I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. It's always there. It's always around. And here we are. Paul had to deal with this. Paul had so much to deal with. And this is kind of what it says. I'll use it from last week that it's kind of like crouching. It's just waiting for you to crack the door. And you're going you're gonna to take that, drink that, sleep with that. And it's, it's just wait. It's right there. It's right there. And you're going to say, I'll never do it again. Well, I hope not. But the possibilities, it's hanging around. Here's what it says. If you do what is, what is right, will you not be accepted? In other words, this, will this not work out for you if you do what's right? Well, sure it will. What's the possibility of us all doing right? Not really good. It's not good at all. If you did, listen, if you could do right, you wouldn't need Jesus Christ. This is where, where it all comes together, where Paul was talking about, I'm the one, I'm the chief among sinners, and I'm the one that's got the most grace. I'm the one that's most grateful for what God did for me. I'm the one that's most grateful. So here we go. We're probably not, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching out your door. It's just waiting for you to crack it open. It's waiting there. It's a possibility that you could leave here, go to Ingalls or Bilo, somebody cuts in front of you, and you cuss them out, and you just left church. Is that possible? Well, of course it is. It's just hanging out right there. All it needs is a little crack. Some of you don't need much. You know what I mean? So bang, there it is, bang. You know, how many of you ever shot a bird at somebody going down the road because they pulled out in front of you? Put all your hands down. I'm just kidding. And you, say, you say, is that really possible? Yes. The apostle Paul said, everything is possible. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I shouldn't do, I do all the time. Do you feel better? God uses you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Your, your regret, your mistake, your thing that's happened back there that you did, use it because God's waiting to, be, to use you. You don't quit and give up, you move. This is what Paul is teaching us. So it's crouching at your door, desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Well, how do we do that? Well, we're gonna find out. You just can't say, I'm not gonna do it anymore. There's gotta be something there. We gotta take the pain and we gotta use it for the kingdom and help other people. You take what happened to you, your regret, your mistake, and you turn that thing around and you use it for other people. 
And you put, a, you put something in place so that you don't go back there. But it's crouching, it's waiting. I don't know, what's, I don't know what is at your door right now. How close are you to opening that door? Something's there and you gotta pay attention. We all have a bunch of should in our life. Let's remember that. We all, listen, we all have a bunch of should in our life. We should have done this, we should have done that. But let's turn it around, let's do something with us. You ready? Let's do that. In the man, now in verse seven, which is up here, out here, okay? Verse seven, uh, they said their eyes were opened. It's really, I mean, really opened. Really, really opened. They were like running and hiding, so open. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, Lord God, as he was walking in the garden. I love to, can somebody give me a thought here on what does it sound like for God to walk? And you could, is it like a thunder? I think of Jurassic Park kind of, kind of thing. I don't know. But he was walking in the garden in the, oh, in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man. He said, where are you? I think there's a lot of couple, I mean, a lot of things in that verse is kind of interesting. Uh, God walking, I love to hear that. But God is asking where they are as if he didn't know. Did you catch that? He knew where, but he wanted to know where they were. He's like, where are you right now? What has just happened to you? Where are you with this? That's what he wanted to know. So he had to ask that question. He answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. If you were naked, would you want somebody to tell you? If you didn't know, seriously. I mean, like that would be bad, right? Do you know we wear clothes because of them, right? Did y'all know this? <laughs> I don't know if y'all know this, but the reason we're not naked is because Adam and Eve decided they wanted to have a regret. And now, and so now, they, now we have to make clothes and wear clothes. But I would like to know if we were, somebody would tell us if we're naked, that would be good. Because right now, God's gonna ask you, who told you you were naked? There's only two people. There's only two people in this whole thing. Okay, so here we go. So I hid, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Well, Eve said, my eyes are open over there in the verse seven, they were opened up, and I saw a man that was naked. And then Adam, the first time, saw Eve naked. I don't want, him, I don't want to even go there. We're just going to leave it at that. Who told you that? Have you eaten from the tree that I command you not to eat from? Well, of course I did. Of course I did. Because we don't do what we're supposed to do. You tell me to do something, I'll do something else. Why is that? Because that's who we are. We, we're like one, one door away, just bang, there we are. One door away, it jumping in there. We got all this stuff with us. He said, you told me not to do it, so I did it. You remember what Jesus did? I told you this so many times. He would always heal people, and he said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know what he said? Facebook it. That's what they did. That's what he did. Instagram that thing. That's what happened. The man said, the woman, I love this one. This is so good. This is so good. Everybody thinks that Adam blamed the woman, right? No. Watch who he blamed. He said, the woman you put here. He said, he said, God, it's your fault. You made her so beautiful. It's your fault. You gave me that woman. And now look what happened. Uh, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. It's not my fault. It's between y'all two. I, 
I, I don't have any regret here because I didn't do this. It was you. It was her. And now look what happened. See, here's one of the things I wanted to talk about as we walk in. You need to own your regret and you need to own your mistake and quit blaming other people for it. It's called taking responsibility. We need to do that. This is what Paul had to do. This is what you have to do. Because you can look back at that regret. Now remember, I'm not saying what somebody did to you. I'm saying what you did. Well, it was because of this. Was I not thinking straight? Of course, we're never thinking straight. Does everybody understand that? We're one, we're one door away from something jumping on us. One door away. So that's what happened. Three ways getting, getting the should out of your life. Three ways to get the should out of your life. And let's do this. Has everybody got your should yet? If I said, get your should together, would that be okay? Can I say that? Somebody's going to, don't, don't, don't email me. I've been practicing. So let's get our should together. You got it? Does everybody know what you're doing? Everybody got it? Because I'm going to tell you what Paul's is in just a minute. Because I, I can tell you right now, his should is so much bigger than yours. It is so much. It's so much stuff. Are we a little off? Are we, are we off? Well, yeah. Paul loves it. You should return to it. Here's, what he's, here's the first thing we need to do. You need to go and see what happened. Okay. What really happened with that should? What happened? What happened there? What happened with whatever it was that you right now can't get off your mind? What is it that took place? That mistake, that regret, what really, listen, don't feel it. Just look at it and say, this is what happened. This is what I did. Now you might can fix it. You might can make a phone call. You say, I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking straight. You can use that all the time because we're never thinking straight. We never are. But I'm saying you might can fix it. But I'm not asking you to do that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you need to figure out, okay, what, what, what happened here? What happened here? And look at exactly the circumstance that took place for that to happen. This is what Paul was doing. Paul was, Paul was like, okay, I, I did this. And what did he do? You wanna know what he did? I bet he's gonna win. Right now, he's gonna win. Here's what Paul did. Paul was taking women and children and men out into the streets and killing them. Okay, so he's in, he's in prison. And see, here's, here's what he said. I thought I was doing the right thing. He said, I'm a good Jew. I keep all the laws. And I didn't, he said, well, then he said, well, not all of them. <laughs> I can't do that. He said, but, I, but at the moment of this thing that happened, I thought I was doing the right thing. And it was not right. So he's got these faces. Listen, he's got these faces. He's got these children, the moms and the dad. He sees these faces when he lays down at night. And you're talking about a regret and a mistake. Listen, I don't know how you get over it. And this is what he's having to deal with. And he calls it, I got, I, I got it, this is like garbage in my life. Here's what he says. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite, infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So he's trying, to, he's trying to say that no matter what I have done of where I have been and how bad it has been, there's nothing, much, there's nothing better than knowing Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ changed his life. 
Jesus Christ is the one that's going to use him when nobody else would use him. He's going to change the world with Paul, even though he did all these horrible things. So you can decide, look, well, I won't do that anymore. Paul could say, I'm not going to do that anymore, but that's, he still may not be used. There's got to be something else. Got to be something else. And here's what happened. Uh, for his sake, I have discarded everything else. I am, I am leaving those things behind. I'm not thinking about them anymore because I got something else to do. And that's the key. I got something else to do. Count on it as garbage so that I can gain Christ. Count on it as garbage so I could gain Christ. He said, I basically, it's garbage in my life that won't go away. I'm going to have to take it out. If I go back to where I see those faces, if I go back, I, I can't imagine this and seeing those kids and those moms and those dads and I go back there, I will not be able to be used by Christ. And I have to take out the garbage. Yeah, I was I wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. He made it. He was there. I was there. I did it. I'm the one that did all of this. I caused all these problems. I killed all those people. He said, but it, all of that will not matter now because of Jesus Christ. It will not matter what I have done. If you can only imagine that. Let's look at the next one. Uh, you should redeem it. It's like a coupon. Let me say this. It's kind of like a coupon. Uh, I'm going to cash it in. I looked back and figured out what I have done. Now I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to figure out what I can do right now to change the things that the way things are. I'm going to use the pain. Instead of killing people, we're going to redeem people. He changed the whole aspect of how this thing was going to go for him. Now, he could have just melted away. And who would have blamed him? Would you have blamed him? Just kind of like melting away? You killed all these people. You shouldn't be doing anything. I'd, I'd be hiding somewhere, right? And this is what was happening. He said, you should redeem it. He said, we're going we're gonna to change the way things are. He took out the garbage. Let me, let me show you the verse. And become one with him, no longer count on my own righteousness. This is how he got through it. This is not about me. I'm going to give you two things, oh, a New Testament. It's not about you, and you never give up. You want to hear that again? This is the New Testament straight up. It's not about you, and you never give up. Put that in your marriage. Put that at work. Put it anywhere you want to put it. But that's the New Testament. And so Paul said, you know what? This isn't about me. This isn't about my righteousness because I don't have any. Look what I have done. Through obeying the law, rather I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. It isn't about me or what I have done. It is all about him. And he chooses to forgive and he chooses to use me. And my righteousness is not found in me. You, you, you're not going to get it all right. Does everybody understand? You're not going to get it all right. You're not going to say all the right things. You're not going to do all the right things. At any moment, you're going to crack the door. Something's going to open and it's going to jump all over you. It's waiting. He says, it's not about me. It's not about me. You should resurrect it. Now, let's think about this a minute. Let's say we're not going to do it again. But what do we got to do? That's what Paul was saying. Here's what we're going to do. He said, we're taking out the garbage. This is the thing I can't deal with, and God has taken that away. I'm taking out the garbage. Uh, it's not about me. I'm, my righteousness is not about me. I already realized that. It's about him, and now I'm going to do something. 
I'm going to do something because of this new you that I have. I'm going to do something. I'm going to resurrect it. And here's what I'm going to do. Here's what he said. He said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I'm, I am, listen, as much as Paul wrote all this stuff and did all this stuff, the Holy Spirit spoke through him. He was not perfect and he never got there. Not here. He said, I can't, I can't get there. I can't do it. Just want you to know. But I focus, watch this, on this one thing. Not on that thing back there, but this thing. This is the new thing that I'm doing. Not that thing, but I'm going to use that thing for this thing. And this is what we're going to do. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Two things I would say to you that Jesus Christ, this is how he lived. And I want you to just, I want you to get this. Jesus Christ never spoke about his past. He never went back there. I was born in Bethlehem, mother was Mary. Never, never, never. You think this is strange stuff? This is in the New Testament. He never went back to his past. He always lived from present to future. What happened right now and what we're gonna do over there. And this is what happens to a lot of you who still are stuck in your past is that we don't have a future. Our present is our past. We live right here. We're still miserable. I wish I had done this. I should have done that. I should have done this. And we didn't do that. We made a mistake. Of course you did. So does everybody else. So what are you going to do with it? You're going to let it kill you or are you going to let it move you? This is what Paul said. I got a choice here. I have a choice. I can stay where I am and feel locked up because of all the garbage that I've had in my life and everything that's happened that I did that I thought was right. Or I can decide to do something else. I can move forward and do what God has called me to do, forgetting the past and look forward to what lies ahead. So he's taking his pain. He took it out. He realized his righteousness is in Jesus Christ. And now he's going to do stuff for God because his one thing now is for what he does. And everything that he did is going to be used for the kingdom and move people to Christ. That's what he's going to do now. So what are you going to do? So I'm just going to get over it. Let me, let me ask, I'm going to ask you some questions and you tell me where, where, if we should or not. Let me ask you some questions. This is the same thing that God asked. So where are you right now with this? I can tell you how, how you can have no regrets and know this and know that and all that, even though it's hanging around. This is what Paul said to do. So uh, do you plan to serve? What's this? Who? See, one of the things we always taught is that if you're going to do something, you put a name on it and put a date on it. And in Christianity, we just kind of drift. We're not going to go back to our past. We're not going to let that ever happen again. But we do nothing about the future. We just kind of drift around. We just kind of float spiritually through the wind of life. And hopefully it lands on a flower somewhere. Because we do not plan. Uh, do you plan to share what, share and what would that be? What do you, well, if you're going to share, what would that be? This is who we are. This is our future. So this is how you have no regrets. So if you're going to share something in your house uh, or share something, what would that be? How, what, would it, what would you share? Have you ever thought about planning on doing that? You ever planned on serving? How about giving? Do you plan to give and where? Where would you give? Of course, we want you to give here. But there's a lot of places that you can give. 
and a lot of things that you can do. So I'm asking you, what do you want to do with your should? What do you want to do with it? Just saying I'm never going to do it again without having a plan. Paul said, I'm looking ahead now. I'm moving forward. Some of you are shooting all over yourselves right now. And I wrote the right, there it is. Do not send me an email. I'm just telling you, some of you are so grateful that that's on the up there, aren't you? Lord, the emails I would get. Um, but listen, listen, we, we really need to figure out this past thing for you guys. You really need to figure this out. Okay, I know it's back there. I know it's happened. Paul brought all the garbage and just dropped it off. He said, this is God's. It's not about me anyway. So what do you want to do? And he decided to put things in place where he would move the kingdom and never have any more regrets. It's hard to serve others and have regret. It's hard to share what you have and have regret. It really is. It's hard to give away what you have and have regret. It really is. It's impossible. Because it's not about you. It's not about you. And this is what Paul taught us. Well, y'all could stand with me. I want to pray for you. I'm actually almost on time. Somebody said, we do know that. We know that. Okay. All right. We, uh, what should we do? So let's think about this past thing for, for a moment. I've got a bunch of stuff that I, you know, wish I hadn't ever said, done, uh, what? I mean, what list do we need for you? Uh, drink, take, sleep. Uh, what, what is it? There, there's that thing, you know, back there. And so we have to figure out what are we going to do? And this is what Paul said. It, you know, it's, I am not going to get there. It's not about me. I'm dropping off my garbage. Let's go. Let's do something that moves the kingdom. And that's what Paul did. So I hope you will get that what we should do. Let's pray together. Father, I, I pray right now your Holy Spirit will be with me. I pray your Holy Spirit will be with us. And I pray your Holy Spirit, Spirit will be with them that are watching. Lord, we don't, we don't want to keep going back. We want to get over this past, but we want to use our past. So I pray today, Father, that we'll make decisions that will move us forward and do the things that we need to do. We know that Paul did it. We know you used everybody. And we're all a mess. <laughs> Thanks to you, we, we have righteousness. Thanks to you, we have salvation. We have purpose. Thanks to you. I pray we'll never look back. We'll never look back. This morning, if you like to accept Jesus Christ in your life, if you're watching online, wherever you are in this room, if you would like to change your world, this is what happened to Paul. It changed his world forever. Everything he did, everything he was doing, Jesus Christ changed it, and he will change it for you. If you would like to accept and pray this prayer with me, Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer and changing my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Let us know if you accepted Christ today. Love to talk with you. And I hope we all find a way to get through all that stuff, you know, all that. All right. Thank y'all for coming. See y'all next week. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.